Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze today. I'm your host, Grace Cooler, and today I'm speaking with Professor Jerome Gallon. He is Research Director at the National Institute of Health and Medical Research and leader of the Integrative Cancer Immunology Laboratory at the Cordelier Research Centre in Paris, France. And today we're going to be talking about the immune system and some of his breakthrough research, which is going to change the face of how cancer is diagnosed and uh, how that translates through to you as the patient in the future. His current interest and his major contributions concern basic and translational research in cancer immunology using systems biology. His laboratory demonstrated, and this is very important, that the adaptive immune response within the tumour itself was a better predictor of survival than traditional staging based on the size and the spread of the tumour. He's been awarded several scientific awards, um, national and international, including the William B. Colley Award. He was awarded that in 2010 from Cancer Research Institute in New York and USA and the French National Academy of Science 2011, the French National Academy of Medicine in 2011 awards. And Dr. Gallon has authored several scientific papers and book chapters. He's here with us today and I suggest that, um, first of all, that you download this episode and listen to it again and again. Also visit the guest section on uh, this Navigating the Cancer page and there you will find information about uh, uh, Professor Gallon. You can look at his institute www.ici.upmc.fr for France. Now, if you go to uh, my blog, grayschoolandmedia.com, you'll also find, if you're a health professional listening today, I'll provide you some links to some of his research, and I'm sure you'll be very intrigued with that. So, welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze, Professor Jerome Gallon. Hello. Good morning. Um, you bring a very prestigious background to the subject of immunology and um, possible applications of immune therapies for cancer patients. Why did you become interested in studying and researching the immune system and cancer in particular? Well, it's uh, because of my background. So I'm an immunologist by training and uh, I've always been interested in physiopathology. And so before working on cancer, I was working on basic immunology, but always with some uh, clinical applications and working on uh, uh, autoimmune, auto-inflammatory diseases in patients. And uh, this work that, was, that I did uh, actually in the US, uh, it was the time where new technologies were coming, uh, uh, large-scale technology, deep sequencing, uh, bioinformatics. And, uh, I thought that these technology, that bioinformatics uh, and the, the, the analysis of the immune system would be very appropriate um, to cancer because cancer is a very complex uh, disease and that we need to really have uh, a deep understanding of all the components of the cancer, not only the cancer cells, but also the tumor microenvironment. So I decided to start working on on cancer with the idea to apply uh, all the knowledge of uh, the immune system that I had and to apply these new technologies and the bioinformatics and to mix that to try to really decipher and understand human tumors. 
So given your work in immunology, what's your definition of cancer and what is integrative cancer immunology? So in, integrative cancer immunology is, uh, well, is the, the title of my lab. My lab is the Laboratory of Integrative Cancer Immunology. And so uh, I believe that uh, cancer is not only uh, you know, some cells that went wrong, it's also uh, a, a disease of our body. And our body is, and, and the way our body deals with things that goes wrong is the immune system. And so the, uh, the integrative cancer immunology, what I mean by this is to have uh, an understanding of the dialogue that exists between the cancer cells and our immune cells, and to try to, to, to put these two, basically two disciplines, because in one side you have the oncologists, the people working on cancer, and on the other side you have the immunologists, to try to, to put these two uh, expertise and these two types of uh, 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 analysis and information uh, in, in one pot and trying really to dissect this uh, on both sides, the mm -hmm. cancer side, the genetic of the tumor cells and the immune response to the tumor. So can you name the cells that make up the immune system? At your lecture last night, you, um, you had a very nice diagram. Um, could you name them, and could you just briefly say what the task of each of those key components of the immune system are, what they do? Yeah, so the immune system is a, is a, a very complex system. There are multiple different cells. Uh, there are two main uh, components. There's the innate type of cells, and there's the adaptive uh, type of cells, and this is uh, uh, very particular to um, high organisms like mammals and humans uh, to have these adaptive immune cells. Uh, so the innate cells basically are the first uh, uh, cells uh, uh, that uh, are activated when something is going wrong, when, there's a, when there are stress signals, when there are danger signals. Um, they are the, 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 the first cells that are uh, able to deal with some pathogens. But then for more complicated cases, these cells are not enough. So among the innate cells, you have, you have all, all, that, all those cells have different names. So you have the macrophages. So the macrophages, um, one of the functions is, is really to phagocytes and to eat things that they can uh, see. And then there are different subsets of macrophages depending on the molecules, the factors that they produce. Uh, these factors are often uh, cytokines, so these are molecules that are secreted by these cells. Then uh, there are other types of uh, uh, innate cells. There's uh, Lymphocytes could be innate cells, like the NK, natural killer cells. Mm -hmm. so these cells have the capacity to kill uh, um, other cells um, in a non-very specific, I would say, uh, manner. And then there are multiple others, uh, innate cells, like the neutrophils, uh, like the basophils, like the eosinophils. And these different cells are... Uh, uh, acting 
in different disease conditions. And then the other compartment is the adaptive immune cells. So the adaptive immune cells are much, much more complex. Uh, so these are the lymphocytes, and they are the, either the, what's called the T lymphocytes or the B lymphocytes. And the characteristics uh, the, of, the, of these cells is that um, each one of them is different from the other because they have one receptor that is uh, uh, very specific for something, for a foreign, uh, something that they can recognize. And um, in fact, we have millions, billions of these cells, all different. And so they have either what's called a T-cell receptor or a B-cell receptor, which is in fact the antibody. And so the B-cells are making the B-cell receptors, and when the B-cell receptors is secreted outside of the cell, then um, these antibodies generated are circulating and are, uh, are recognizing uh, different things, different pathogens, and, and they can recognize uh, tumor cells. And uh, T-cells have a receptor called the T-cell receptor that is also unique to a given T-cell, and uh, that can also recognize uh, uh, aberrant proteins or things that are not usually seen in the body. So uh, this can happen also for cancers, uh, because cancer cells are not normal cells. Mm -hmm. They've been changed. And so these, um, these adaptive immune cells not only are very specific for certain things, unlike the innate cells, but also they can, uh, um, uh, ha they have this memory capacity that we may talk about mm. later. Um, Good. So, yeah. Good. Um, can you describe the immune escape mechanisms? This is something that's very big, of course, in cancer, in human cancer, and the relevance of that knowledge in cancer research and treatment as far as you're concerned. And why is it that cancer gradually becomes invisible to the immune system and can grow and then start to cause problems? Yeah, so in fact, uh, cancer uh, and cancer cells have uh, found uh, multiple ways of escaping the, the, the immune uh, response. Um, one, of the, one of the characteristics of the cancer cells is that they uh, are able to proliferate a lot, in uh, much more than normal cells. So they have acquired this uh, capacity to proliferate, and therefore, since they are proliferating and since they are facing the immune response, they have, just by a sort of a Darwinian mechanism of selection, they are able to uh, 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 escape immune cells by changing their uh, appearance, their phenotype, what we call. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they have new uh, uh, markers or they have new uh, receptors at their surface that are uh, uh, expressed, that should not be expressed in normal cells. And some of these receptors actually are inhibiting the immune response. Uh, so this is one of the mechanisms by which uh, these... Uh, tumor cells uh, can escape. So the cells that can still be recognized by the immune cells may be destroyed, 
but the ones who have now acquired a new receptor that is inhibiting the immune response now mm-hmm. can survive. So this is one possible mechanism, and there are other, uh, um, other mechanisms. They can also, instead of acquiring new receptors, they can shut down and, 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 and get rid of uh, molecules like some of them that we call the uh, MHC class 1 molecules, which are very important for the immune system to, to recognize uh, um, antigens. These tumor cells, they can decrease the expression of these receptors. So there are um, many different types of mechanisms by which the immune cells um, will not be, that the cancer cells will be invisible or less visible to the immune system. Mm. Are there any cancers that are trickier? Any cells that in, a, in a particular kind of cancer, for instance, that are more tricky? Or are they just generally tricky? Uh, they, are, uh, they are generally uh, tricky because uh, cancer cells are, are quite fast in changing. This is one of the characteristics of the cancer cells and of cancer is that it's not just one disease that the immune system has to deal with. It's a, it's a moving target. It's always changing. Mm-hmm. And so the immune system has to adapt. And this is why this adaptive immune reaction is very important because the cancer cells and the immune system has to adapt to all these uh, changes. So there are cancers that are uh, easier to see for the immune system, and we call them uh, immunogenic which means that uh, the tumor cells have... One of the characteristics of the tumor cells is that they have mutations. And some of these mutations can be detected by the uh, immune cells, and especially the T cells, um, because these mutations are not seen, are not normal. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the immune system can deal with something that is not self that is right. seen as a danger. So cancers having more mutations are usually um, more immunogenic, which means that the T cells and, and other cells are, uh, are better in seeing them and destroying them. Great. We'll come back to that a little bit later in the show, um, in particular looking at melanoma uh, from where we um, had the slides last night. So we're going to take a break now on Navigating the Cancer Maze and we'll be back shortly with Professor Jerome Gallon. We're back on Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and talking today with Professor Jerome Gallon. Um, could you talk about inflammation and immune trafficking um, and how that works? So inflammation is uh, uh, one uh, property of the uh, immune uh, immune system. So when we have, uh, in certain conditions, um, uh, an overreaction of the immune system, then we have uh, what's called an inflammation. So it means that immune cells are producing a lot of uh, factors, uh, s- some of them called the cytokines. Um, and this has, uh, can also uh, uh, have a bad impact uh, on not only on uh, uh, diseases but also for cancer because 
cancer can take advantage of some of the factors that are produced by the immune cells. Mm -hmm. So in fact, uh, the immune system can in some instance um, uh, can be bad when too much inflammation is, uh, is present and it can uh, help for the proliferation of the cells and if it helps for the proliferation of some cancer cells then it's uh, bad. So a non-specific inflammation can be detrimental and um, uh, which is in contrast with uh, uh, another part of the immune system, there are more the adaptive immune cells that are uh, uh, attacking the, the, the tumor cells. So when there is a when there is a, a the first tumor cells proliferating, then there are uh, factors that are produced uh, and some stress signals that are detected by the immune cells and um, some molecules that we call chemokines are attracting cells. So these are like magnets. And mm -hmm. So there are different uh, magnets for different, it's not like there is one unique magnet, there are different ones for different immune cells. And so when the stress signal, when the danger signals are present, um, these uh, chemokines are attracting specific immune cells inside the tumor. And then uh, reaction goes on and T yeah. cells can recognize tumor cells and there's a, uh, a loop basically uh, put in place. So that leads into my next question about the, this dealing with the complexity of the immune system. Can you talk about that fine line in the immune response when too little response becomes cancer and too much becomes autoimmune? Yeah, so that's uh, uh, yeah an, a, another sign. So like inflammation, where the immune system can be bad, uh, uh, of course, uh, for cancer, this is a very particular disease. This is a unique disease. All the other diseases are uh, generally caused by uh, pathogens that are uh, like virus, like bacteria, like things that are from the outside. Here, cancer is uh, a disease where the pathogen uh, is basically our own cells. So our own cells that transform from a normal cells to a tumor cells by uh, accumulating some alterations, some mutations. So the immune system has to detect these cells that are our cells as abnormal, um, so it's a fine line that the immune system has to, far to, uh, to deal with because it, the immune system should not destroy, of course, our own normal cells, but should be able to detect yeah. the tumor cells that are slightly different from the normal cells and are constantly changing. So the immune system is detecting these uh, tumor cells and is activated. And when the immune system is activated... Um, uh, at some point, there is the need um, for feedback loop mechanism in order to, to diminish this immune response. Um, so when too much, uh, when there is a, a, a very strong activation of the immune system, then the immune system and the immune cells can lead to 
autoimmune disease because they are now attacking the normal cells. So it's a, it's a very particular disease where the immune system has to first detect the, 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 the aberrant normal cells, the tumor cells, and also uh, has to uh, put in place some uh, uh, suppressive mechanisms in order not to attack the normal cells. So this is a very fine balance that is... It must be very tricky in research to find this fine balance as well as in the clinical um, situation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... Uh, and especially because there are multiple... Uh, receptors at the surface of the immune cells that are either uh, inducing the activation or inhibiting the cells. And so it's not like there is uh, one switch. There are multiple switch. switches. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so if we want to, to, to target the, the immune system, we have to find first the right switch and then to know how many switch we have to turn on or off. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's becoming um, the, the knowledge of all these receptors at the surface of the immune cells and all the subsets of immune cells. So immunologists now knows a lot and more and more about all those switches. Mm -hmm. so. Is there a particular um, cancer that's really taken your intrigue, uh, something that's kind of seduced you into wanting to know more about it and, and you've researched it? Uh, well, I was uh, uh, particularly interested uh, by uh, cancers for which um, pa some patients would have long-term um, survival and would do well and in some cases uh, extremely rapid relapse and, and, and unfortunately uh, death of the patients because I thought that the immune system in, in, in these cases would be very different between the different patients. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find, a, because of course there are some cancers like very bad cancer where unfortunately uh, uh, most of the people have a bad outcome, like pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to start with a cancer where I could detect uh, maybe very, very different immune reaction in uh, long-term survivors. And, and, and colorectal cancer is such a cancer where you can, have, you can live quite long uh, after having a colorectal cancer in some cases or... Uh, or not. So uh, I was particularly uh, uh, interested by these uh, cancer, and that was my first uh, uh, aim to really dissect and, and understand the microenvironment of these uh, uh, colorectal tumors. But yeah, we are now working on other, including the pancreatic cancer, which is, of course, mm. a very important cancer to treat. So. Yes, and a lot of it around and about too. Um, you've already answered actually the next question that I've got there. I'd like to talk about T cells. Um, how do T cells get their memory and why does it last so long when they really get the memory? So yeah, this is one of the characteristics of the T cells and of the adaptive immune cells is that they have uh, memory. So um, 
And they can do this. So basically the memory is that um, when the cells see the, the, the antigen again, they can react very, very fast. Um, and so instead of the first time uh, a T cell sees something uh, uh, aberrant, like an, an antigen, a pathogen, uh, it takes time to, to, for the immune system to deal with the pathogen. Um, but the cells, the B, both the, Bs, the, the, the B cells and the T cells, can, um, uh, uh, by inducing the proliferation of those uh, T cells and B cells, can generate uh, uh, this memory capacity by refining this T cell, B cell receptor. Uh, and, um, and for the T cells, they are acquiring uh, other receptors at the surface of, of these cells. And one of the characteristics is that they become very long-lived. So it means that usually the, the half-life uh, of, of a cell or the cells are, are dying and are replaced by others. Uh, but when they become memory, uh, they now can survive for a very, very long periods in our body. And so they recirculate in the blood Hello. and are trafficking. Oh, they can survive for years, yes. 10 years, okay. 15 years. So wow. it's... Uh, yeah. so, so, and this is why, and in fact, it's like when we have a, a vaccine for... We are generating, in fact, when we are doing vaccine for viruses, we are generating these memory T cells. And this is why we, we are protected for uh, many, many years, because of the persistence of a few of those cells uh, that can be reactivated very rapidly if they see again the pathogen. Mm -hmm. So this is yeah, quite unique to the... Uh, uh, to these adaptive immune cells, and uh, it's of course very important for the protection against recurrence of cancer. If you have memory T cells that have been generated for some tumor antigens, then these memory T cells could remember, and if there is a new cancer appearing, mm -hmm. then these cells could deal with it much more. Uh, in a much better fashion than the uh, innate cells. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you. I can't believe it. We've come to the end of our second session on navigating the cancer maze. And uh, we're going to take a break now. We'll be back shortly hearing more about the immune system from Professor Jerome Galong. We're back on navigating the cancer maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, here with Professor Jerome Galong. And we're talking about the amazing immune system. Um, personally, I'm intrigued about how immune cells gain access into tumours, and it's been a relatively new thing for me and in reading some of your papers from recent years. Can you tell us more about that mechanism? I know it's complex, but if you can bring it down to some, some simple uh, things, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so one of the characteristics of the immune system is, well, it's a it's inside the name, actually. It's a system, which means that the immune system is everywhere in our body. So we have organs that are specific for uh, generating immune cells, um, like the bone marrow, like the thymus for the T cells, and, 
and we have the lymph nodes, which are secondary lymphoid organs, and then we have uh, all the lymphatic vessels in, and all the blood in which immune cells are circulating. So we have immune cells basically patrolling and, 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 and trying to detect disease or pathogens or something that is going uh, wrong. So the, 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 the immune cells are circulating in our body. So when a tumor is uh, detected, uh, and it's detected because the tumor is proliferating a lot, it's producing uh, soluble factors, it's producing stress signal, so then the immune system can sense that with uh, some receptors at the surface of the, of the immune cells. And, um, and especially we talked earlier about these factors called chemokines, like these magnets, um, attracting different cells. So inside the, 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 the tumors or inside the tissue, uh, these, these chemokines are, are produced and uh, they attract uh, different subsets of immune cells. So, of course, um, you have specific immune cells going into the, into the tumor, but also there are some, in some cases, uh, also we talked about some immune escape mechanism. Some immune escape mechanisms put in place by the tumor where, for example, uh, um, they produce... Um, less, uh, they are in a condition in what's called an hypoxic condition where there's less oxygen and in these areas there are usually uh, uh, less of these chemokines produced and less access to the immune cells mm -hmm. and this is why these hypoxic areas where there are less oxygens are more difficult for the immune cells to, to reach uh, which is another immune escape mechanism. But so the immune cells here can, can, especially through the chemokines, traffic from the vessels and, 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 and then go into the tissue and migrate to the, to the tumors. Okay, thank you for that uh, explanation. Um, you received the um, William B. Collier Award in 2010 for groundbreaking studies demonstrating that the immune contexture, including functionality, location and density of immune infiltrating colorectal tumours, is a major prognostic factor for human cancers. Can you tell us a little bit more? You mentioned this before, but what led you in that direction in the colorectal um, research and what are its implications in clinical practice? Yes, as I said earlier, I was well. I was interested by uh, uh, human cancers, and uh, we started our work on, on, on colorectal cancer, trying to uh, analyze uh, the microenvironment and trying to understand what was going on inside these human tumors at early stage disease, at late stage disease in patients. Um, who will be long-term survivors versus patients uh, who will have a, a very rapid um, tumor recurrence and metastasis. And, and now we are working on other cancer types like the pancreatic cancers, like uh, melanomas. Um, and so the, 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 the analysis of these uh, human tumors 
showed that uh, the microenvironment was uh, in fact very important to mm, dictate the, the tumor progression or not, depending on the type of immune cells that were present inside the tumor microenvironment. And so what we defined as the uh, immune contexture are these immune, so the contexture is the um, uh, interconnection of different parts, and the immune contexture are the immune parameters that are associated, what we found to be associated with the survival of the patients. And so we define these uh, uh, important immune parameters, and um, we think that uh, some of these parameters could be used uh, uh, in the clinic. If we, if we take the major ones, uh, we have now ways to uh, uh, quantify the immune response, let's say, in an easy uh, way uh, that could be very useful to predict uh, not only uh, the prognosis of the patients, but to classify the cancer patients into groups with different um, immune status, different immune defects. Uh, and this, of course, will be very important, uh, especially uh, uh, given the new therapies that are coming that are targeting the immune system. Knowing the immune status of a patient will become something essential. And uh, today, the immune system of a patient is still not uh, evaluated in a routine practice, in the clinical practice. So hopefully in the next coming years, uh, uh, the, the, the cancer fields and all the clinicians will evaluate the immune status of the patient. Mm -hmm. How long off do you think that might be? Are we five years, ten years? Um, well, I think it will, it will come now uh, very soon, and the reason is uh, it will be much faster now because we already have... Uh, immunotherapies targeting the immune system that are very effective. So it's, uh, it takes a long time to change clinical practice, but once you have a, a, a drug that is working, then it's, uh, uh, of course, everything goes uh, faster. So now uh, the field of tumor immunology is, is, is really recognized, and um, I think... Uh, the immune system of a patient will be taken into consideration before treatment, uh, and I hope yeah, this will happen mm, sure rapidly. We, <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about the melanoma um, before, that it's a good target for immunotherapies because of its many mutations. Why is this? Why, is it, why does it do so many mutations? Is it something to do with UV, or uh, does anyone know? Uh, well, yeah, there are some cancers that are uh, uh, where mutations are more, f much more frequent. So melanoma is one of them, likely due to, to the UV uh, uh, lights. The uh, another one, very frequently mutated, or where tumors have a lot of mutations, is lung cancer, but only for the uh, smokers. So mm -hmm. smoke is really uh, smoking is really. Uh, Inducing much, much more mutations, and um, uh, and there are yeah, some some cancers with uh, much less. Um, 
So. Okay. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, I interviewed um, Dr. Jill O'Donnell Tormey from Cancer Research Institute in New York. They're celebrating June Immunotherapy Month with 30 patients, 30 stories of patients helped in trials using adjuvant immunotherapies. Can you talk about some of the clinical cases that you've been involved with um, alongside your research and how that sort of, it's translational medicine is now really coming to the fore and uh, the researchers are talking to the clinicians and people are talking to the patients and everyone's getting more involved. Um, So do you have any um, stories of patients that you've been involved with? Um, yeah, I know some, some stories. So uh, one of the new things that uh, really is, is, is coming with the immunotherapy is um, unlike the classical therapies, so the radiochemotherapies or the targeted therapies like therapies that are trying to kill the tumor cells, the, the way to evaluate if such therapies uh, were efficient was to look at the uh, uh, decrease of the size of the tumors. And uh, one thing that is uh, really changing now with the immunotherapy is that uh, the initial response of the patient doesn't seem very good because in many cases uh, the patients, and it was a surprise actually, for the first patients that were treated uh, because the tumors, the tumors are growing in size. And so the clinicians, and uh, so we thought that uh, uh, the, the therapies <laughs> were not working. Yeah, not expected. But in fact, it was because multiple immune cells were getting into the tumor, were migrating into the tumors to attack the tumor. Uh-huh. And it was, the tumor was growing, but it was just because it was now become full of immune cells. And this initial tumor growth was a few weeks later. Uh, um, in fact, the immune system were, and the T cells especially were destroying the tumor cells. So we have now to change the way we evaluate uh, how uh, patients are responding to the treatment. Not only look at the size of the tumor, but have... Uh, uh, better uh, way of uh, evaluating the response. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are some patients uh, that did very well, in fact, after an initial uh, growth of their tumors and are now, um, uh, yeah, very well after a few years. Great. Okay, we've come to the end of another session on Navigating the Cancer Maze. We'll be back for our final session shortly with uh, some more tricky questions for Professor <laughs> Jerome Gallon. Don't go away. Welcome back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm Grace Gawler, your host, and today speaking with Professor Jerome Gallon, who is um, from Paris in France and has a research institute there. I'd like to talk about dendritic cell because unlike many immunotherapies that are still in research, there are now some hospitals around the world using dendritic cell therapies uh, for clinical use, not only for research. Have you been involved with dendritic cell therapies and can you describe the different types of dendritic cell therapies based on their origin? In other words, some are made from blood and some are harvested from tissue and some both. So in light of what you've just been saying of the immune cells in the tissue, I'm really interested to understand that. Um, So can you describe those methods and give us an understanding of dendritic cells? 
Yeah, so, uh, so dendritic cells are very important cells because the dendritic cells uh, are presenting uh, the antigens, so the, the abnormal uh, proteins, to the T cells uh, in order for the T cells that are the effectors, the effector cells, the cells that are doing the job of killing. Uh, um, uh, so the, the dendritic cells are the initial cells presenting these. So it was, uh, of course, very interesting as a therapy to try to initiate the immune response by using the dendritic cells. Uh, so I haven't been involved directly with this uh, type of therapies, but it could be done um, by either taking the dendritic cells from uh, different places uh, in, in the body, so either from the blood or from the tissue, or uh, we can also uh, uh, generate uh, uh, antigen-presenting cells from uh, monocytes that are harvested from, uh, from the blood, usually, and then to uh, differentiate them in vitro, which means that to transform them so that they become uh, better cells to present these antigens. So different cells could be used um, uh, as, antigen, as uh, antigen presenting cells. Different subtypes of dendritic cells exist. So we have uh, uh, receptors that we can isolate these different subsets. Um, it's of course much easier uh, to get uh, uh, cells from the blood because then you just have to do a, uh, uh, to take them from the blood instead of uh, having to isolate them from the tissue which mm -hmm. is always much more difficult um, they do not express the same um, receptors uh, so some could be better than others it is uh, um, so clinical trials have, uh, have now started to, with, with these different uh, types of dendritic cells. Uh, there is not yet a definitive answer on which one would be better, um, um, but yeah, tr trials and research are, are still ongoing. Mm -hmm. What's a gamma delta dendritic cell? <laughs> That is, where does oh, that come in? No, it's a gamma delta T cell. A T cell. Gamma delta it turns T into T a dendritic cell, or is it a separate kind of cell? No, it, gamma delta T cells uh, are uh, a subset of T cells. So we have two main types of T cells: the gamma delta T cells and the alpha beta T cells. Uh, the alpha beta are the classical ones. These are the ones having. Um, uh, T cell receptors that are specific for uh, each one of them is specific for a given uh, antigen, and uh, they, they they can they can generate T cell receptors against basically anything. The gamma delta T cells are much more restricted in their um, recognition in the recognition pattern that they have, so they are much more restricted in terms of uh, uh, T cell receptors and um, are m more in between the adaptive immune cells and the uh, uh, innate immune cells. So it's uh, an intermediate cell type, right. I would say. We're certainly getting a good understanding that immunity is complex. <laughs> 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 that is for sure. Um, 
Your immunoscore, um, clinically it's not being used anywhere at the moment. So the, the immunoscore is an assay, is a test, an immune test that we have um, uh, made uh, uh, in such a way that it could be used in a routine setting in order to try to put this test into routine clinical use. And the reason is because uh, we think that it's important to have a, a, an, an evaluation of the immune status of a cancer patient. And so far today, there is nothing to evaluate the immune response of a cancer patient. So the immunoscore would be the first standardized immune test to do, uh, to do this. So um, there are several uh, um, trials. One is a, a, an international worldwide uh, trial to validate, because before to introduce uh, a test into routine practice, of course, uh, we need to have uh, multiple validations. So one is an international validation that is uh, currently ongoing, um, involving uh, multiple centers uh, uh, around the world from uh, many, many countries, 23 centers worldwide in Asia and, and US and Europe and everywhere. And, uh, and um, uh, we have also a national prospective studies involving several hospitals in France because we initiated this so hopefully, um, once these validations uh, have been done, uh, such a test will be introduced in, in clinical practice. Excellent. So it was very gracious of you to uh, be on the show today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Each week, Navigating the Cancer Maze is brought to you by the Gray Schooler Institute. We are very grateful to QIMR Berghofer Medical Research Institute for the opportunity today to speak with Professor Jerome Gallant about the immune system. We believe this is very important for you, the patient, to get an understanding of the immune system. It's something that's often bandied about, uh, sounds very simple, is quite complex. And I think today it's given you some understanding of the complexity, but also of the necessity for this very valuable area of research in immunology and immunotherapies. Now, if you'd like to know more about uh, Professor Jerome Gallon, please visit the guest page. You'll also find his website there. Um, as well, also go to grayschoolermedia.com, and particularly if you're a health professional, because you'll be able to download some of the links uh, that I'll provide there for you on his very, very important research. And if you're a patient, I would suggest that you download a copy from iTunes of today's talk because, uh, as we said, it is complex and I think you'll get more value by listening in uh, chunk-sized pieces to today's interview and it's something that you can keep on record and refer back to and take to your doctor or health professional and ask. Remember to ask about trials. There's trials going on all around the world about immunotherapy and for you, the patient, patient power counts for a lot. And if patients start demanding, asking um, about this, uh, it will help it to uh, come into the mainstream a lot more quickly because clearly we can see that there is some value to it and as even a value add to the treatments currently available. So we look forward to seeing you again next week on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Do have a nice weekend. Bye for now.